Hi, we all want to become people who respond well rather than react. And in order to do that, we talked about how there's four elements we have to implement into our lives. The first two are pause and ponder. Well, today, Pastor Lori is going to be interviewing Pastor Stan, our spiritual director, about this third element and why it's dangerous to have this third element in place without the first two. All right, enjoy. Welcome. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, Lori and I are, will be sharing on the third aspect. Uh, the first two uh, are pause and ponder, and they tend to be more a uh, seen as passive and not really active. Uh, but these last two, a partner and pursuit, are very active, and the 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 tendency we have is to jump to these partner and pursue before doing the pause and ponder. And so I really want to emphasize that pause and ponder is really the foundation of being able to partner and pursue. So the passage we're going to start off with is uh, from uh, John 15, and Lori's going to read that. Okay. <clears throat> I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. But if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do what I have commanded you, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master's doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. Oh, okay, so... <laughs> That was so good. Um, what what do you notice in the, in this passage, or what stands out to you? I think the the big thing, the first big thing, is found in verses four to ten, and the, it's the word abide. And uh, in the version that uh, you you read, Lori, I counted ten times that word repeated. And so when when a word's repeated, that means it has prominence, and and we need to to kind of ponder. And 
take a pause on it. And so the first thing I wanted to, to emphasize out of that passage is uh, abide is more than just live with. Uh, abiding is actually making connection, is actually interacting with. So if you live with in a house that is not necessarily abiding unless the people in that house are connecting with one another, interacting with one another, uh, just basically living together and not living separate. So the emphasis for me um, on my relationship with God is not so much that I'm around or that he's around. And so, uh, you know, sometimes we, uh, I think it's valuable to, to be aware of God's presence, but I think there's more than, than him uh, just being present. What he, what he desires is an interaction. The big standout point for me in this passage is, is God wants me to abide. And that's more than just live with. So. And uh, yeah, I think that it's something that we're all in all our relationships, right? Cause we could be married to be, be, be like roommates or have kids, but just not have that intimate connection. And so I love what you're saying and like what, how would you describe like the nature of the kind of relationship that God desires to have with us? I would term it as a God initiated friendship. And so by God initiated, uh, when you invite someone, that means you want them to come. And so when we think of God and him uh, desiring a friendship, it's not that we have to initiate it. He's already initiated it. And so we know that we're wanted. We know that, that we are uh, welcome because it's at his initiative that he says, I chose you, right? Mm -hmm. And so the, it's an intentional choice. And the friendship part is also in that same uh, section of, it's not about being a servant. It's about being a friend. And a friend, uh, really, if you think about your friendships, they are not task oriented. They are more connectionally oriented, right? That you don't care what you do with your friend necessarily as long as you're with your friend. That we're really close and that uh, we can have that freedom to be able to, when we're mad at each other, to, to be able to say, we're mad at you. And that uh, not fear that we're going to somehow lose the relationship or, or that God is going to walk away hurt and, and that uh, we're just going to have to suffer until we're really willing to come back and grovel at his feet and ask for forgiveness and, and that he's willing to accept it. He's willing to, to be with us in it, but it's not where he wants us to stay. And so he invites us to be able to, to have that kind of, intimate and uh, safe relationship. And because of that, we're able to uh, have this friendship. The idea that God is always about wanting us to do things with respect to this passage about fruit um, is really, I think, a, a misrepresentation because it's... Uh, to use your analogy of uh, marriage, okay, the the part of the union with of uh, marriage can be children, but you don't work to have children, 
Mm-hmm. Although children are a lot of work once you get them. The children represent a fruit of of your love, of your care for one another. Uh, that's kind of the way I see uh, the definition of fruit, not so much a task, but a uh, representation of that union together and that intimacy. So, No, that's good. I'm so glad you said that. And I think especially the church, we tend to focus on doing and we need to do what God said and um, what does God want us to do when we're constantly seeking that? But I love what you said that it's the intimacy of the relationship and that connection and and that whatever we do is a fruit of that relationship. So what would you say is the definition of the healthy um, status of this relationship? Mm-hmm. I think there's uh, two things. One, it says in the passage that uh, when we uh, abide with him, we will experience joy. And so I believe that joy is like uh, the temperature of a room, that it feels good. And it's not necessarily you can point to something, but it's just an overall climate that exists. And, and that's why you can have joy even when things aren't going well, because you're living in this climate, you're living in this place where you are comfortable and that you feel safe. And so, uh, and the way he describes joy is not just our joy, but he's going to share his joy. So again, joy is not something that we just experience by ourselves. It's a shared experience. And so we shared God's joy when we were with one another in fellowship, we share our joys together. So they aren't like, you're happy, I'm unhappy, but that's okay because uh, I want you to be happy. That's not joy. The joy is when we both can be feeling this sense of this is wonderful, that our relationship is connected. We're, we're uh, in touch with one another. We see each other and, and we have that. The other thing is uh, just that whole aspect of it's going to be other-centered because the other thing he says is to love one another. And so the, the relationship we have with God, the joy that we have, that intimacy and things, it's going to spill over and cause us to have a heart that wants to, well, we want to love other people this way. We want to share this, that we know that, that uh, it was not designed for us to hold on to, but it's actually designed to be given away and shared in. And uh, to realize like when, when God shares his joy with us, doesn't mean that his joy is somehow reduced so that other people don't get as much. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is totally inexhaustible. And it's just this constant refilling and there's no uh, limit. And, and I think, and I believe that, that, again, that's taking this idea of relationships being transactional and where I got to get something and but you, that's going to cause you to lose something, to take that idea and say, no, it's about being transformed. It's about being, there, there is sacrifice. There's, there's things of that. But the overall result is that we get closer together. doesn't mean there won't be hard things. doesn't mean that it'll, it won't be, it'll be easy, but it'll be full of joy and it'll be directed toward one another and wanting that. Yeah, that's that's kind of uh, 
how I would describe a healthy Christian relationship. The key to this, being able to enter into this partnership, is pause and ponder, which you talked about. That that without those two things, this doesn't work, and it becomes uh, work <laughs> rather rather than rather than a relationship. It becomes labor, and that was never what God intended the relationship to be. I wanted to uh, close this time uh, kind of with uh, some things to meditate on, but I thought uh, it would be helpful to have Daniel sing this song uh, uh, about he knows my name, which emphasizes that God knows us. And so it's not like he's trying to get us to a certain place. He's just saying, just be real with me and let me take you and you're invited, you're welcome, and let's move forward together and not on your own. And so I thought of uh, like some questions that maybe can help you prompt your thinking in that and as you're listening to the song. One is, uh, how would you describe your sense of joy or our source of joy or if you don't experience joy, what is the source of the lack of it? Because that's what God desires. And, and so uh, it could start with just the basic of being able to pause and receive it. Or it could be that you're in your pausing, that you see things that are keeping you from really connecting with that joy. So that's the ponder, right? One of the ways that I think you can determine just how well you're doing with God is how well you're loving other people. Because if you, the, the second part of this was to have this idea of friendship. So if you aren't getting along with your friend, usually that affects your relationships with other friends. And, and so I believe it's especially uh, evident in our relationship with God. If we aren't really right with God, it's going to affect all the relationships we have. And similarly, if we're right with God, it's going to affect all the relationships we have. To me, partnership with God is not just living with God. It's connecting and interacting with God. And that's the relationship he desires. And uh, he wants it for me, you, everybody. Oh, good. Thank you so much, Dan. And I guess um, we'll take it. We'll give it to Daniel. I can take it. <laughs>